0: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts what's up Dolphins fans this is Kyle Krabs of locked on Dolphins it's power to the pod you know your questions your topics your hot takes Anything and everything that you want to know about the Miami Dolphins, we are tackling it today on the show. Our sixth episode of the week. We're going out with a bang. Hopefully so are the Dolphins on Sunday against the Dolphins. Guess we'll find out.
1: You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every.
0: What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. It's a Friday afternoon. We are live on the YouTube stream as well, and excited to dig into some Dolphins questions. See a couple of you guys uh, trickling into the comments. Uh, Kyle, Dolphins craze, ghost of Adam Gase. What's up, guys? Hope everybody had as, as good of a week as you could have possibly had relative and considering the uh the the situation in which the dolphins have put us in to play the game that they're about to play on sunday uh without any playoff implications just when you thought you were out they pulled you back in they gave us all hope and uh, there is no hope for week 18 as far as playing an additional football game beyond that for the dolphins this season uh, but it's a chance for us to see how they respond in this environment hopefully play with a lot of pride and uh then we could switch into off-season mode and, and start to evaluate a lot of the um, the holes on the roster, evaluate the coaches, evaluate the players, evaluate player personnel. And uh, we're going to go through all of those hypotheticals. We're going to go through all of the potential avenues that the Dolphins can choose to go in each of the position groups with their and with their coaches. It's a lot to look forward to uh, from an off-season programming perspective. Looking forward to getting into it uh, Shane, Doug, Conlin, Indade, what's up, guys? Um, we got some iTunes reviews that we're going to be working through here early on, but if you guys want to drop your questions or anything that you want to tackle in the live comments, please do so. And I am going to uh, double back after we work through some of these uh, reviews that were left over the course of the past week, and we're going to have a good old time with uh, – interacting with everybody on a Friday right before happy hour everybody's getting out for the the weekend uh one more dolphins game to look forward to and we'll dig in Chris dolphin fan for 44 years last 20 have just been disappointing uh just hope we don't give up draft picks for a QB we have too many holes to fill as the kind of uh pathways we'll be exploring in the weeks and talk about opportunity cost and um how you can build depending on, we'll do the whole choose your own adventure thing and see what we come up with. All right. First review for us today comes from Etsy 1943. Power to the pod question Do you think that with the way Gasecki has been closing out the season, we might be able to retain him for a lower salary? I believe his scheme limitations are more apparent now, as uh, with a bad offensive line to call plays around, a weapon like Gasecki is less useful when we have to utilize other tight ends who aren't such as obvious to tell defenses. I definitely think when you have, and I don't want to call Mike a one-dimensional player, uh, but between his value as as a blocker and in in the pass protection surface and the run protection versus uh, his impact in the passing game, I certainly think... um, It's harder to use that player in a one-size-fits-all role. And what's tough is that's kind of the push for tight ends across the league is when they're able to do a little bit of everything. And I think that's what makes George Kittle such a powerful weapon for San Francisco, just as an example. Um, Do I think Miami has optimized Mike Gusecki at all? No. Do I expect that to change his uh, asking price to come back? No because he, even amidst all of the drop off, his production has still been as good as it's ever been with the exception of getting into the end zone. and he, he can't really uh, he can't really control that. Uh, I will say this. I know there's some Dolphins fans uh, saw this across the timeline earlier today. I think it was that um, concerned that potentially Miami's setting this up for a compensatory pick, let him walk for compensatory picks. But the way compensatory picks works, is it's net gains versus net losses in value in free agency. The Dolphins are going to spend a ton of money in free agency, which means Mike could sign for $14 million a year somewhere else. But if they sign an offensive guard for a $16 million per year contract, that's going to negate your loss of of losing Mike Gusecki. You're not getting a comp pick in that regard. So if you want compensation, if you are going to move on from Mike, I think you have to tag him. If you have to tag him, try and find value that you feel is appropriate. If you don't, oh no, you gotta play with Mike Kosecki for another year. I would love to get something worked out long term. I just don't necessarily know that that's that's gonna happen. Uh K Dude 89. Dude, can we sign a petition to keep Greasy off our broadcasts? <laughs> the dude is negative about the team that made him. Oh, who can we get to replace him? Yeah. Um I don't know, one of these days I might grow a stomach and, and try to do a live stream during a game. I know Dougley does that with his YouTube channel, and uh, he seems like he's he's had a lot of success with that. I've had fans ask me if I would ever do something like that. I cannot imagine me in real time reacting to a game. Um, I, I very much ride the roller coaster in the moment and allow myself to be a fan, which is fun, but uh, I don't know how much you guys would necessarily enjoy it. Uh, Finsman72. Love the show. Listen every day. Well, thank you for listening. My question is: Why all the hate from the national media? They continue to say the Dolphins haven't beaten anyone. This obviously was uh, submitted on twelve thirty, so this was before uh, playing Tennessee. Uh, yet the Patriots and Bills play the same teams that we have: AFC and NFC South teams in our division twice. Bills, first place teams, North and West. Finns, second place teams. Uh, In those divisions in the Patriots third, even our undefeated season. We got this crap. Yeah. I I think you have to earn. You have to earn respect from those who don't follow this team closely because they don't care about context. There's too many other teams, right? There's too many things to pay attention to context easily gets lost in the weeds and uh, granted. Yeah. Miami got smacked by Tennessee. Uh, that's part of the reason why I'm so hopeful that there is a strong performance against the new England Patriots um, is to show us that that's not really who you are. And I understand it was 17 to three with 12 minutes left and Miami got the ball down inside the 40 yard line. And like they kind of hit a brick wall and they ran out of gas at the end of the game. So the score I thought was not as the score was worse than the actual game was Uh, Miami's defense didn't play 34 points allowed bad. But um, I'm really hopeful that they they perform well and they showcase themselves and um, kind of redeem themselves to close this season out. Uh, JZW, assistant coaches, do you think the offensive assistants have shown enough growth to justify bringing them back next year? They're not top shelf, but I do think there would be value in having continuity for once. The exception would be if Bill Callahan or Mike Munchak shake free, in which case I would advocate for handing over a blank check. Happy New Year. Happy New Year as well. Um, that's That is what I am struggling with the most as far as evaluating the staff is I don't want to cast another stone and shake this thing up, but I also don't want to have continuity and promote continuity just for the sake of having continuity. Like if it's not good enough, it should, that at the end of the day, we should be able to sit at and point at and say, that's not good enough. And I think that's where I'm at. Uh, I I do think if you ask me right now, I would probably advocate to bring in an established offensive coordinator uh, to bring in an established offensive line coach and write like write them checks because you look at what Miami has offensively. You look at the um the stretch that they've had under Brian Flores. And when Brian Flores was first hired, boom, it was a New England offense. Chad O'Shea comes over, he runs the offense. And then Chad O'Shea is fired, and you say, okay, well, it's gonna be uh Maybe maybe Jerry Szaplinski, and they're going to hand it over to the quarterback's coach. No, they went completely off the board, went all the way in, and leaned into Fitz and hired Shane Gailey. Totally different offense. And then you drafted a quarterback who played at Alabama and inserted him midway through the season, despite the fact that he, in past tense, has since said in the offseason that he didn't really know the playbook all that well. And then you try to cater the offensive system to him, so each one of your ideological offensive strategies has been completely different over the course of the last three seasons, and you gotta you gotta pick a lane, right? You gotta decide what you are. And I thought for sure it made sense when Flores came over and Chad O'Shea. It was like, okay, like maybe they're gonna run that. Patriot style offense. No, they've changed it. And what you have is, okay, we've always been a man coverage blitz heavy defense the entire time. And that's why you look at the defense and you're like, man, the nucleus is really good. You got Wilkins, you got Sealer, you got Davis, you got Agba, you got Baker, you got Phillips, you got Holland, you got uh, Howard and Rowe and Byron Jones and Brandon Jones. Like, you just went through probably a starting 11 on defense and that's the nucleus of the team. And you're like, yeah, you're pretty good shape there on the offensive side of the ball. Like we talked about with Joe Rose yesterday on the show, or I guess today's show look at the offensive side of the ball. You got like three or four guys. And it's like, like I want to bring an established guy in here with a good track record. And we'll go through uh candidates tomorrow or next week. I should say when the se- after the season is officially over, I want to give that guy keys to the car and I want to spend almost all my assets that I have this off season. I want on that side of the ball. You got to catch the offense up because they're way behind right now. So, um, even if that involves making coaching changes and ideological changes again, because if you're going to do that, you might as well do it now because you can invest all of your assets into catching up uh i'm still working through itunes reviews but i see this one from john i have to throw it up <laughs> kyle could you dress full fins gear for a week straight yeah do you want hats shirts uh outerwear pull over top uh socks and a pair of shorts because i could do that Do you want to document it that would be fun yeah man i got a ton of the uh, fins gear um Zemlicka, who's the fan favorite in Miami? Wilkins or Waddle, maybe? Who's your favorite? I certainly think Wilkins has a strong case. I think Waddle's production, Holland's production, as young guys who are hits, um, makes them strong cases. Uh, Mac Hollins is another guy who I think everybody's kind of grown to appreciate the individual role that he brings. Uh, Sam is a long one hold on i'll pull up the full thing kyle love the show as always if aaron Rodgers is serious about this being his last go around in green bay in my it is my opinion that miami should do whatever it takes to acquire him three ones and two twos is what i would offer if Rodgers comes to miami it would all guarantee Devonte adams signing as well with that court and retooled offensive line miami's an instant contender for at least four years is there any reason miami should make him shouldn't make him their highest priority of this offseason. What's the flaw in my thinking? Yeah, Sam. So I think what is interesting is if you are considering different alternatives at quarterback and, and you do have an opportunity to try to court that particular deal, I think about what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were before Tom Brady got there, and Miami's roster isn't all around that good. Uh, they don't, They don't have the full depth of skill players that Tampa Bay did uh, their offensive line has probably one or two less pieces than what Tampa did, but like people forget, like Donovan Smith was not good before Tom showed up. Uh, the offensive, the left tackle there, and then they drafted Tristan Wirfs that year. So that would be your best case scenario in that kind of situation. Um, but you know the part of this plan is Devonte Adams. It sounds like Devontae Adams is probably destined for the franchise tag. Uh, so it's not necessarily going to be a, a, a guarantee that even if Rogers ends up forcing the issue in the trade, they may end up trying to long haul it. And if they franchise tag Devontae Adams, you're not going to get them because you're going to spend all your assets to get Rogers. So we'd have to see how green Bay chooses to handle that situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you are of the opinion, and I'm going to get into the evaluating the quarterback room next week, and, and I'll get into my personal opinion at that point in time. But if you are a Dolphins fan that wants to broach the idea of addressing and potentially upgrading the quarterback room over to as your starter, um, Aaron Rodgers is certainly a name that you need to be mindful of and be aware of what the potential cost would be because that's. Going to be one of those parts and stops along the choose your own adventure path that we're going to go over. I mean, all we're going to do this offseason is go over every possibility. We're going to be very thorough. We're going to be honest about what the team has right now. They're going to be thorough about pathways that are chosen by the actual team. And then that way, when that happens, we'll understand why that was the decision that they chose to make. Jay, number one bourbon for you. Uh, I'm a right now i got basil hayden rye um i also really like old Forester. the 1910 and the 1920 blends are really good um those that that would be the top of my if i were to go to the store and pick something up they'd be at the top of my list how many reviews did you guys leave jeez louise okay um we're gonna come to some live questions next but i gotta tell you about our friends over built bar built bar is a protein bar tastes like a candy bar. It's the new year. Perhaps you're interested in making some new year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plans. Uh, Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all of your treat stashes throughout the house. I got one of the cabinets back behind me. I got some food in and um, I may or may not have my nightstand upstairs, have something thrown in at all times, but can empty them out and replace whatever's in there with built bars. And then that, that way, when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's absolutely positively healthy and tastes incredible with built bar. You can go to built.com, use promo code lock15 to save 15% off your next order. Use promo code locked on or lock15 and save 15% at built.com. Okay. Let's see what the uh, comment section, which is popping off. You guys are going nuts on a Friday at p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Cameron. John Harbaugh question, or Jim Harbaugh question, appears. Is it likely that Ross looks into Jim Harbaugh this offseason if he decides to make an NFL comeback since he is so connected to Michigan and has shown interest in him on the past in the past. I would be very surprised if Flores is let go. Uh, I do think whatever changes were made, and there's a lot of people that seem to think Brian Flores is involved in the defensive play calling. um, Then those changes happened. I, in the second Buffalo game, immediately after the second Buffalo game, uh, the defensive performance uh, has been on a different level. And obviously when you win seven straight games, I think that's a lot of positive momentum that can be pointed to for whatever that change was. And if that indeed was Brian Flores becoming more involved in the actual play calling the defensive side of the ball, I think that really helps his case. And we don't know that to be true for certain, but that's one of the widely skepticized things. Um, I think what's hard about making a hire with your head coach is if they are indeed dead set on making an aggressive move for an established quarterback. And I know I've seen, we've talked about Rodgers already. I've seen the name Watson through the comments a bunch. Um, if you're doing that and, and that's part of your sales pitch to hire a new coach. I don't know that that coach is going to be eager to take that job based off of trust me, bro, we're going to do it. Like, you gotta have that accomplished before that's an asset that can make your job more appealing. So uh that combined with Flores and, and whatever change he made midseason to increase the the performance of the defense. And again, I didn't think the de- defense against Tennessee was 34 points allowed. Bad it was just kind of the levees broken and, and the Dolphins defense gave up some points in the end, 17 points in the fourth quarter based off a field position and going for it and a big run, um, a turnover that set him up on a short, it's just like a lot of things. Conlin, should we try to go after Calvin Ridley? Ridley's an interesting player. I mean, he's obviously very physically talented, um, but he's missed the large majority of this season with uh, personal issues. And it hasn't really been specified what they were. Uh, I don't know what the context of that situation is. Um, Ridley's probably going to fetch you a first-round pick and, and then some. Uh, but he is a player who's entering into a contract year. Uh, he's an older player as far as rookies go. He's in his late 20s. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. It's like $11.5 million that he's owed. And uh, you're making this trade with him having missed almost the entire season with whatever personal issues he's been dealing with. So you'd have to really vet through that and make sure you felt comfortable with that. But even still, like you're going to get through that and you're going to get to the end of the next season. And then you're going to have to ask yourself, okay, like, are we going to pay him a big time second contract? And what does that do to his trade value? And I just, I think you can find productive wide receivers, other pathways that aren't going to cost you so much, is what Calvin Ridley is going to cost you. And then add in uh, a little bit of a fair or not, because I don't believe he's had any personal issues that have impacted his availability in the past. There's an availability dynamic here that we all remember how much we paid Will Fuller. We all know how frustrated we get when Devontae Parker's not available. And that's the most recent impression Calvin Ridley has is that, you know, he missed almost the entire season. So I would go a different direction personally, but he is uh, physically a very talented receiver. Indeed. This is, um, this is one of Joe Marino's big guys, uh, for us over the draft network. What's your take on Calvin Austin, the 30s, a smaller receiver uh, from university of Memphis, uh, really electric player with the ball in his hands. And Joe's been pounding the table for him for a long time. So the way our scouting process works, uh, I haven't gotten around to watching him yet. We have predetermined, our full-time guys have predetermined regions of the country in which you're responsible for. Uh, And you work through your individual region and you do all the write-ups. And that process for us is going to end in another two weeks. And then we'll stack everybody's grades in their own region, combine it into one list of rankings, and then we'll go through and start at the top everybody watches everybody so that everybody can watch the same guys the same day. You have a conversation. Everybody has an individual grade that they give out. So I would imagine a month, month and a half from now, I will have watched Calvin Austin and can give you a fully deep dive uh, impression. Okay. So there was a question about, you know, other options at quarterback, and and I see the name Sam Howell here. Um, here's one thing I will say, and I'll, I'll kind of tease this part of next week's show when we evaluate the quarterback room. Any direction that the Dolphins choose to go, my personal opinion is, especially in this quarterback class, drafting a replacement for Tua uh, is not going to be an ideal course of action. Um, If you want to improve that position, I think you have to go get an established player at the NFL level. And we said the same thing about the offensive line, and I'll keep harping on that. And I'll be a little bit more open-minded to potentially drafting an offensive tackle if need be, uh, depending on how the rest of the offseason goes. But, like, drafting Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or Malik Willis to be the replacement for Tua is, at best case – a lateral move in my opinion and we don't want to make lateral moves because n- now you're really getting into sunk cost and being redundant in my opinion if you're going to upgrade that position there should be little doubt that the player you are getting is a significant upgrade because tua has shown you enough in my opinion that if you c- fully commit to building around him i think you can win football games with him on a consistent basis is it enough to win a championship? I don't know. He has the, the sample size is too small. And I understand the Dolphins fans that say, hey, listen, all we're asking for is to give this guy some some quality players around him and let's find out what he can do. I get that point of view. I do. Um, But uh, I don't think drafting a QB this year in the first round or even probably the second round is a a pathway that I could advocate for. I do want competition as a bare minimum. I want somebody that could be a legitimate contender to push to for the starting job this offseason, regardless of whether that's through free agency or the draft. Um, But a first-round pick when you have all the other holes on the roster is is really tough sell for me personally. Let's see. J-Mo. Kyle, first time on here. Love your take on the Dolphins. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're enjoying. Uh, Doug, if Mike G. isn't back this year, is Matt Collins in that role that much of a drop-off? Not like he's used as a blocker. I still think his presence as a tight end, classified as a tight end, uh, I mean, th- that's how Miami has gotten to, they're the number one team in 12 personnel by, oh, I don't know about, 30% relative to the next closest team in the league. Um, that can potentially influence defensive packages. I think that's the value. That's the reason why when it's fourth and third and one, they bring out the Jacoby Brissett heavy package, 22 personnel with an extra offensive tackle. On the field. Like that's why they do that. They're trying to get you into a certain personnel grouping. And then they have an individual mismatch or matchup that they're going to try to exploit, right? And I don't think Mac in that role gives you that value. But if I am Miami and I do let Mike go, or I do decide I'm going to trade Mike and, and use that $11 million as a franchise tag value elsewhere, one player at the tight end position that I would love to see them at least entertain the idea of potentially receiving or, or signing in free agency, assuming he hits free agency, is Dalton Schultz, the tight end from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he has had an extremely productive season. I liked him coming out of Stanford a few years ago. He has developed very well. He's been a very good player for them. Uh, so, and he's athletic enough to, he's got 70 something receptions and over 700 receiving yards, just like Mike does this year. Uh, so that's a name that I would kind of soft circle and um, kind of, and Indade with a good call too here. Uh, Josh Wiley is pretty much Mike Iseki. In this incoming draft, Josh Wiley from University of Cincinnati, a very athletic player. I mean, you're going to have options. And this tight end class is stocked, like loaded with talent. Uh, The senior bowl roster's got eight tight ends on it alone. And each one of those eight tight ends, I could be being second, third or fourth round draft picks. Here's a good question. And I don't have the answer to this. And I know, I, I believe I saw the, the comments going on a little further down and, and uh, Big O was mentioned And Big O is awesome. By the way, if you guys don't watch Big O uh, definitely make sure Big O show is something that's, that's on your radar as well for covering the dolphins. Uh, but the question from Jay is, do you think Flo is able to attract a quality offensive line coach in OC? I believe the comment that was made is Big O is worried about Coach Flores's rolodex, and um, yeah, here you go. This is kind of a follow up from it. From Indeed made a decent point that Flores only being with the Patriots limited his networking, so it's difficult to find people. Uh, and Bleezy said Big O is worried about Flores's rolodex. That's um, that's a valid concern. And I think Flores, their interview process for an OC spot, it's going to have to have a little bit of a leap of faith, If assuming that role opens back up. And I would advocate for it to open back up. I know I have two names for established offensive coordinators. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to put the cart before the horse and get into that dynamic of the show. Uh, which is next week we're going to be evaluating coaching staff as well and, and potential changes and candidates. Uh, but there's an offensive coordinator out there who is currently not in an offensive coordinator role, who has coached an offense that has spent three years with a team. And each of those three years was a top 10 rushing offense and top 12 in points score in each of the three years that he was with the team. And then he was fired. And it's a team that, you know, had a lot of success, won a lot of football games. And that is a that is a coach that I'm looking forward to talking with you guys about next week. Not a super sexy name, right? I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, sexy names that are out there. I know Joe Brady was all that jazz for a hot second, and he's going to have a lot of interest in him. Uh, it's not Joe Brady. Uh, and Joe Brady is not somebody that I would want stepping into that role. Joe Brady was effectively made the fall guy um, in Carolina for a team that fell completely flat after starting uh, 3-0. Scott, I see this comment here, and I also think this is a tough part about making a hire. Honestly, I don't – no OC will come to Miami with 2 QB SQB1 because of his arm and mental limitations. Um. If the Dolphins are out on Tua, that does make the hiring process. And if that's the the impression that they give, that they're out on him, it does make it hard. Just like hiring a head coach, it makes selling that offensive role pretty darn hard to say, hey, this is our quarterback now. We anticipate we're going to make a transition. So just trust us, bro. We're going to make a move. Do you want to come coach the offense? Like, that's hard. That's really hard, and that was why, in my opinion, if they were going to have made a move, and I understand why a move wasn't made, uh, given everything that was hanging over Deshaun Watson at the trade deadline, but like if you were going to let it get to that point and if that's something you aren't dead set on doing, like, you've now put yourself in a really difficult spot to set the pieces up to have success as a team because that tipping point hasn't been reached yet. If that makes sense. Lots of guesses. Jim Caldwell. It's not Jim Caldwell. It's not Doug Peterson. It's not Jake Rudin. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love that nobody's nobody's on Matt Nagy. I love that he's not on anybody's radar. We're going to talk about him next week, though. What? Um, let's see. Leighton. Where do you see Liam playing long term? I feel like we need to lock him in somewhere where he isn't overwhelmed like he was this year. I don't know if left tackle is that spot. I can tell you based on the way he played this year, I would not advocate for it to be left tackle personally. Um, I think the length issues uh, gave him a hard time. Um, playing on the outside, playing with speed, and maybe it's better if there's a better guard next to him. I don't know. Uh, but I would probably, probably look to push him inside to guard. And then that's, that's tough, right? Because now you're looking at offensive tackles and okay. Trent Brown's out there. If you want to pay him $15 million a year, or whatever he's going to command. And, um, Teron Armstead's probably gonna get $20 million a year. And he's only playing 75% of the snaps over the last couple of years. Cause he's been battling some durability issues. So do you keep Liam at offensive tackle and put him at right tackle and then just try and get a new left side of the line. So you can go with a garden attack like a lot of options. And uh, the, the challenge is going to be not being paralyzed by all of the options and paths and choices that you can make. Guys, if you haven't downloaded the GetUpside app by, by this point, I don't know what to tell you. Listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon when your first fill up, up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price to the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free and use promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are saving as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back. There's no catch. Cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. You name it. Download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown. Going to see how many more of these we can. Squeeze in here. Okay. J fell did a mock draft. So we got to do, we got to acknowledge the mock draft. And he was smart when he, he left the review of the show. He said, Kyle, thanks for keeping it real and honest. Your dolphins pot is a breath of fresh air. Thoughts on my, the draft network mock five rounds. Number 22 overall, he drafted Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Number 48 overall, he drafted Isaiah Spiller, running back, Texas A&M. 100 was linebacker Henry To'o toho from Alabama. Uh, 116 was Zion Tupola-Fatu'i, uh, pass rusher slash outside linebacker uh, from University of Washington. 119 was Andrew Stuber, right tackle from Michigan. And 157 was cornerback Kobe bryant uh, cornerback Cincinnati. Hmm. So Garrett Wilson, if you're play him in the slot, I can understand why that was the pick. I'm not as high on Garrett as a lot of the draft community is. Um, I think when he played outside, he kind of left me wanting more a little bit as far as ability to beat press coverage and get separation on the outside. I think he's a, he be a really good player if you play him in the slot and let him create with the ball in his hands. Uh, so how do you handle that log jam between him and Jalen? Uh, That would be my question with that pick. Isaiah Spiller makes sense. Uh, He's probably the best overall all-encompassing back in this year's draft. Uh, He's not the fastest, but he's big, physical. He runs tough, can run between the tackles. He's effective in the passing game. That's the big thing for me. That's the hangup that I have with Kenneth Walker, the the back out of Michigan State. Uh, He's got a lot of growth that's necessary in pass protection dynamics, so Spiller's better in that regard, so that's why I can lean into that a little bit. Toto is a super smart player, transfer from uh University of Tennessee. Uh I don't know that he's necessarily super physical, so I guess my question would be if you're drafting Toe, is he to take Jerome Baker's spot and you're going to play Blake Baker more true outside linebacker like he has the second half of the year? Is he supposed to try to replace Elan and Roberts? Like what's your what's your vision there? Would be my question. Um Tupolo Fatui Really good players struggle with some, some injuries and durability. I uh, think that's a, a really good value. And I think he's a pass rusher that would make sense for Miami uh, in the middle rounds. Andrew Stuber is an offensive tackle. I think it would make a lot of sense for Miami in the middle rounds. He's like 6'8, 335 pounds, pretty good length. He's not a, a real sexy player in space, but uh, he's functionally strong and he's part of a really good Michigan run game. And there's little question about his length. Like we talk about Liam Eikenberg and his transition to offensive tackle and how that's, at the NFL level and how that's been pressed a little bit because of his lack of length and in dealing with speed off the edge, Stuber's got more size and length like to be able to do that. So I have some questions with that mock, but I appreciate uh, what the thought process was uh, in getting here. So here's one from Bruns and then I'm going to come back to some of the comments. I'm going to save a couple, a uh, couple of you guys have iTunes reviews that I'm not going to get to, uh, but I want to try and get some live comments. I want to try and, get some more of these iTunes reviews. I so guess I've got one more of these. And then the rest of you guys, I'm going to get you next week because we're not going to wait until Friday for a sixth show of the week to do Power to the Pot. Uh, so if you left one, I see you all. I'll get you all, I promise. Bruns, uh, When are the Dolphins going to make you head of scouting? Hoping they can figure out the offensive side of the ball this offseason so my one-year-old son can grow up rooting for a winner. Unlike my childhood, when Miami typically had a great Dean struggle on offense. I know we need to still add talent on offense, but I'm convinced we need a change at OC and offensive line coach. Miami scored more points with less talent in 2020 under Chang'eley. Who would you hire as OC at? Runs. My guy. I'm not going to let my the cat out of the bag. Um, couple more guesses down here. OJ, oh, favorite C4 flavor. That's a great question. I would say... You know, they put out the um the Starburst flavors and I wasn't expecting to like those, but I do. So, John, this is a good one. And I did I did this game with Joe Rose on the other show today, so if you guys missed that one, make sure you check it out. How many new offensive linemen do you think we need? Are we talking starters or backups? I would probably try to trade Austin Jackson for anything I can get. It's a lateral move from a cap perspective. Your dead cap's only going to be $20,000 more than what you're going to pay him to be on the roster next year anyway. I think I've seen enough. There was a stretch there where it was like, okay, like the physical talent is showing in the run game. Maybe we can get behind this. And then boom, the bottom's dropped out the last couple of weeks. And I'm, I think the full body of work you from start to finish, I think I've seen enough. Um, I think you need at least two starters. Uh, I think that there's an interesting pathway of Liam and if he's gonna hold a starting spot I think Michael Dieter and Robert Hunter guys I'm probably comfortable with rolling back um and Dieter has a little positional flexibility so if a guy like Tyler Linderbaum is the direction that they want to go in the first round you could probably move Dieter back to the other guard spot but then you still need two tackles so, so that I mean there's no shortage of ways that they can go about doing this but I would say two and a half new starters in the offensive line is about where I would would peg them at. Uh, Dan, I personally wouldn't mind either Mike Kafka or Pep Hamilton as OC. Uh, Pep's a guy who I, I was hoping to see them go for last year. I think he's got a really good resume and, and has developed some some quarterbacks really, really well. Um, yeah. Sitting here scrolling through. Through okay, we're, we're talking uh Amari Cooper. Shane Amari Cooper has three years left on his contract, only turning 28 this season. With the Cowboys turning more to CD and with Dallas Financials, Dallas is projected negative 11 million dollars to cap this season. Uh, so, potential trade candidate. I cannot wait to actually go through everybody's rosters and look at contracts. I'd be surprised if Amari's moved though. Um, they their identity as a team has transitioned very much from Ezekiel Elliott and being run heavy to being a pass heavy offense. And I would say it's probably more likely based on Tony Pollard's presence in his play that Ezekiel Elliott becomes available that it is that Amari Cooper becomes available. If that's a name that makes sense, um, we'll explore. I don't know what his financials look like off the top of my head, but that's just me thinking out loud since we're talking about Dallas ghost. Come on. I got to tag you in, man. Let's go. My choice for OC is indeed ghost of Adam Gaze. I would like it clear as day. Leave no doubt. Uh, he's, he's trying to tell us in the comments that he's not going to take it, but uh, that, that's, that's my call. Ryan, here's a question. And then I'm going to take one more after this one. You guys have been awesome today. I was not expecting this kind of engagement on a Friday afternoon. So thank you guys for tuning in. Those of you who tuned in live on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you are interested in tuning into the YouTube channel, Hit subscribe on the Dolphin Locked On Dolphins um, channel. That way, you get the push notifications when we go live. If you guys are enjoying this, the ones that are here now, do me a favor, hit that like button, please, it'd be great. And if you're listening on the podcast feed because you like listening to podcasts, great. You know, I appreciate anybody and everybody who makes Locked On Dolphins a part of their day. Uh, This question from Ryan: Do you think Flo's willingness to give people a chance, such as inexperienced coaches and players, will result in his failure as a coach? I think you need to do some self-scouting and you need to be honest about what the shortcomings were this year. And they bet too much on their young offensive lineman that they drafted and hope to develop. They put too many eggs into that basket. They put a lot of pressure on Coach Lem to develop the offensive line Uh, as a first-time NFL offensive line coach. And I understand it's probably like You want guys that are going to coach your way and and that message, you know, you want to back that up, but it didn't work. And that is, I think the biggest risk to Brian Flores, not succeeding here in Miami as the coach is too many young guys to just bring in and uh, ask to, to, Take control, but you got to do it my way, and the messaging is how I want it. And don't be afraid of other strong personalities and coaches, even if they're not from within your inner circle. Uh, that's the the decision flow is going to have to make. He's going to have to look at what this coaching staff was and say, okay, is it worth me continuing to try and grow this coaching staff so that they can grow players, or is it worth me going outside my comfort zone and finding somebody? who has established success at the NFL level and bring them in to do that for me? Noah. Does Gronkowski have the angle? And the answer is no, he does not. Still doesn't have it. Hate to see. it. Dan, hire Dante Starnecchia as a consultant, maybe. Obviously, that's one of those names that's up on that upper echelon of offensive line coaches. It's just a question of, I mean, he retired. I don't. I don't know that you can get him out of retirement, and I would want him to be your offensive line coach, like consultants. You know, I know that's great. We had what Mike Pouncey in this year to help consult the offensive line. Um, no, I, I think there's definitely. Um, an opportunity there, but you're going to have to co- convince an older guy to come out of retirement. And I don't, I don't know that they're going to have success doing that. Last question. And it comes from David. What are your thoughts on going after Ryan Jensen? Ryan Jensen is the center uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. He's an excellent player, phenomenal player. So if you wanted to sign him and the appeal to going after a center is top market center dollars is not in line with top market guard dollars and top market tackle dollars. It's a cheaper position to go get a blue chip player at for that reason. So if you wanted to sign Teron Armstead, it's probably $20 million per season on average. If you wanted to sign Ryan Jensen, it's probably $13 million per season. $7 million can go a long way. Um, If you want to move, if you want to try to move Michael Dieter to play guard, put him back at left guard and have Ryan Jensen as a glue guy between Dieter and um, Robert Hunt. And then you still need a couple of tackles. And if one of them you want to try and make Liam Eikenberg and you want to put him at right tackle, which was your original plan form in the first place, then okay. Like I'm going to have a really hard time being upset about adding a player, especially when the financials are not as steep as some of the other spots along the way, uh, who's, one of the top three at his position. So hope you guys enjoyed man for this 46 minutes. I just looked up at the clock, Uh, but we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this thing. This is our sixth episode of the week. Wanted to go out with a bang uh, in hopes that the dolphins are inspired by my effort in doing six podcasts in a week regarding the dolphins and and put their best foot forward uh, to hopefully get a win. Uh, I'm flying out Sunday morning, headed to the game. I'm looking forward to being down there and hopefully seeing some of you guys. If you guys are going to be at the game, holler at me, let me know, try and link up with about as many of you guys as I possibly can. Obviously the four 30 kick a little later in the day, uh, my flight lands at like 10. So I'll be around floating around. If you guys are in South Florida uh, for the dolphins game, thanks as always. Here's to the 2021 season. Here's to all the good things that are ahead for your Miami dolphins. And, uh, Hope to see you on Monday. Hopefully celebrating one more stop in Club Dub for the year. Kyle Krabs signing off. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. You guys make it a good one.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.